I'm Arie Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Two weeks into the league, what's been going on? are 0-2 with Liz Cambage playing. The Minnesota Lynx are without four starters from last year, and they are undefeated at 3-0. And do not forget about the Indiana Fever. They are one game out of first place. We're two weeks into the WNBA season of 2019, and things are crazy. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. A little announcement. As some of you might be aware, this is our 100th episode. We're very excited about that. But we didn't want to miss out on any WNBA coverage, so we decided we're going to work on a special, some exciting, fun stuff that we've never done before. We're going to work on that and get you that special out, but we want to get back to the regular scheduled programming. Rachel, how you doing? What's your what's going on? What's in what's in the mind of Rachel now that we're two weeks into the WNBA season? Uh, some, you know, I'm not going to point fingers, but there's a certain person who, who happens to be my co-host on the podcast, <laughs> who was all about this Liz Cambage trade and Vegas just being dominating and, uh, not, not working so far. Are you throwing shots at me this early? I mean, when I, when I have the, the ammo, I gotta get, I gotta use it, you know? Well, first and foremost, let me take it back. I just want to say congratulations to you, to us on the 100th episode. I have not been a part of all of them, but um, I've been a fan in, in, you know, obviously being being a part of them for over a year now. I just want to say thank you to you and the rest of the insider team. It's it's incredible the work you do, Arye, and I'm just so thankful to be a part of it. And to cover the league in any capacity um, is just a blessing to be a part of. So um, this, this is cool to, to, to kind of see 100 come about and I'm, I just know it's just going to continue to get better. So enough of my soapbox back to the shot fired. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going to say it a thousand times on this episode about how early it is in the season. Um, I, I, I have been extremely busy myself with, um, different things I've been doing. So I'm going to be really upfront. I haven't been able to see everybody play, um, but I did um, make it a point to make sure I watched um, the Aces play in both of their um, games so far this season. And, you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's first and foremost, um, it's so early. <laughs> there's so much star power on this team and there's so much youth on this team. Um, and then you throw in, Liz Cambage with it. And you can just tell when you're watching them play that, you know, Lambeer is very much trying to figure out how this entire dynamic is going to work. And I think you, then you, you throw in like even the rotations. I was watching their game yesterday um, as we're recording on Monday, but I watched their game against Connecticut who, you know, is an incredible team. We'll get to them a little, little bit later on, but um, just some of the rotations down the stretch and, and, um, how he's playing the bigs in particular, Liz and a- Asia together. You know, Asia Asia came out and played dominant. You know, she she was she played extremely well, especially out of the jump. But I think the first thing is one, um, Liz has only played in two games, and she has been out for 
close to nine months. So as a player, as a former player, you know, it does take some time to even get your legs underneath you um, to get that feel of being back out on the court and, you know, even running up and down, getting the ball in your hands, what to do with it. So, so that's just the first element is Liz, even being out on the court, who's still under a limit, a minutes restriction at this point. Then you throw in the fact that she's with a brand new team, whole new dynamic, whole new system. I mean, there, there's been, there's a lot being thrown at her individually right now that she's still trying to just kind of work through. And and I don't know, unless you've played the game of basketball, if you fully kind of understand that, um, you know, I, like, like even me, for example, like when I played those first few games of um, my career each season were always a little bit like just different. You're off, you weren't quite feeling yourself. And that was without an injury. So I think with Liz, I'm, I'm just happy that she's back out on the court. It's going to take some time though, for her to even get comfortable within herself. I think we started to see it a little bit in the sun game, you know, where she had the and one and she was kind of, you know, smack talking a little bit and doing Liz Cambage type of showboat things that give you the sense of she's starting to kind of get back into her own game a little bit, but she's not fully there. Let's be honest. Um, and then just the, from the rotational standpoint, I mean, there's, there's just so many weapons on this team. How do you play them all together? And I, I was really impressed with Hamby. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with her with kind of. She's been amazing. She's, she, and, and she's found a way to give herself minutes so far this season by just working hard, being consistent, um, making plays, not, not making a ton of mistakes. Um, you know, we've got Jisoo in there who's getting some minutes here and there. And obviously the dynamic of Liz and Asia is very interesting. You know, we could get into the topic of, you know, come come crunch time, who gets the ball in their hands. Um, I was analyzing how Lambeer was even trying to play them together from a high-low standpoint. And was Liz going to be more on the block? Was she going to be out on the perimeter? Kind of what they were doing with her. Even then, it still feels like they're trying to figure that out. Um the only thing I can tell at this point is, you know, when they are in together, Liz and Asia, um, even anyone else, really, when Liz is in the game, ball goes into her, they are doing a four-player dive, you know, which is great action. A lot can happen out of that. Um, it makes sense. Um, but, but you know, I, I'm curious because Liz is coming from a system in Dallas where everything was focused on her. She was getting touches what felt like every time down the floor. Well, that may not necessarily be the case here with with, with Las Vegas. and. One, how she responds to that through the course of this season is going to be very interesting. Um, two, how they decide to use her from an offensive standpoint as she is getting more minutes and you would assume essentially eventually inserted into that lineup. Um, you know, where does the ball go? Is she going to get as many touches as she did in Dallas? And how is she going to handle that if she doesn't? I'm not sure. So there's a lot of question marks still. I'm by no means freaking out about the aces you know, again, we're still dealing with a very young team and franchise still learning to play together. And this addition is going to prolong that comfort level because it's such a change kind of how they've been used to playing. So um, it, it, it is, it's going to be a process. And honestly, so much of it is going to be depending on how coachable they are, how willing are they to kind of work through these learning curves, how selfless are some of these players going to be in terms of getting touches. And, you know, you're dealing with a lot of, um, star power on there. And so managing that is going to be the biggest aspect of how much success this team can have um, as we move forward. But, you know, I'm not worried about it. I think, you know, they've lost both of their games by single digits. You know, they lose to Phoenix and, you know, the Mercury, you, you've said 
countless times. They're your favorites to win it all. They're playing well. They look really, really strong, um, in my opinion, which I'm not surprised with. And then they lose to Connecticut, who's playing extremely well as as well. So they've lost both those games. They've been in it. They've, they've given themselves chances. But you know, with the Aces, especially against Connecticut, I feel like it's, it's not to take away from the Sun. Um, but the aces really shot themselves in the foot with just the turnovers, you know, and it was, and it was everybody across the board from the guard play down to, you know, down into the post. And Liz is a tremendous passer when the ball is in her hands. Um, and you can even tell, like she'll catch it and she doesn't know necessarily where to go with it yet. You know, um, normally, you know, she, she has pinpoint passes out to her teammates and kickouts and she's, you know, she had a couple, I think one or two turnovers just, really throwing it right to the defender's hands. And that was a little bit unusual for her because I think she's a tremendous passer. And that just, that's a, that's a systematic error. That's just getting your legs underneath you. But aces have got to get those turnovers hand up, you know, taken care of because if they're turning it over, you know, 19 to 20, however many it was times a game, especially against a team like the sun, who's as sound as they are, you're not going to win very many of those games. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? What, 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 what do you think of the uh, whole aces situation right now? I mean, I, I got one thing to add. Really, I think you hit it on the head. For me, you, you have to have some leeway because it's early in the season. You got a new star coming in. I think Liz does, to a certain extent, hamper the growth of this team. And and don't take that out of context. What I mean by that is this team like was really vibing towards the end of last year. And you add Liz in, now you got to kind of recalibrate the whole team. Right. So we're seeing some growing pains. The real question, like you said, is if this frustration and these lose in this law, this this streak of losses, if you want to even call it that, continues, how happy and how selfless are these, you know, this team chock full of stars going to be? A lot of times, you know, we look at the Minnesota Lynx, this team that had so many stars on the roster, or you can say the LA Sparks, so many stars on the roster, and they were able to succeed that we kind of forget our forget of all of the other rosters that were so star-studded that were not able to get it done. Um, and I'm not saying that that's on anyone else, but the first team that comes to mind has to be, in my mind, the Chicago Sky when you had Sylvia Deladon and that ridiculous lineup. Um, but the, for me, the, the, the one other thing that's really concerning about Vegas, and I feel like a broken record, we talked about this at the beginning of last year, and we got a lot of flack about this. Oh, it's too early. Oh, it's too early. We know it's too early. But Vegas is just shooting so few three-pointers still, still. I mean, Vegas was shooting, I think, nine, nine to ten three, three balls last game or last season per game. We're looking at 13 this season. All right. Uh, I believe in the, the Connecticut game, we were looking at like less than 15. We were looking at nine or maybe something like that. We saw them. They were down by six with a few seconds left in the game, and they're taking deep twos. Something needs to change with that. I've heard literally a quote from Bill Ambeer saying, essentially, if we're going to lose by the three ball, we're going to lose by the three ball. But look at who we have everywhere else. That shouldn't be an issue. We should never lose by the three ball. And I just, I'm not down with that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just not. I'll leave it at that. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you um, because they have an ability to score. Now, what I will say, like Kelsey Plum you know, got some really, really good looks yesterday. She's got to be able to knock those down, like wide open looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she's really come along with her career. And I would, I would assume that, you know, as the course of the season goes on, she'll, she'll continue to, but you know, it's those, those types of shots that they've got to be able to knock down, but I'm not so concerned. Like, like, 
teams that live and die by the three ball is scary to me. But when you've got a interior scoring threat and Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage, I mean, I, the, the probably the last thing I'm worried about is going to be the three ball, but it brings up the point of you've got to be able to knock down open shots because what are teams going to do? They're, they're going to focus on the interior. So being able to knock down those shots and, and at least make teams truly guard you out there or attempt them, you know, is going to open up opportunities for Asia and Cambage just by nature. So I, I do get what you're saying, but I'm not overly concerned with that aspect of it. Um, and I, I do, I, I don't know the numbers from here, how many they were shooting a game versus what they've taught these two games, but I think we'll see more three point shot attempts, especially as the season goes on. And if they do decide to run more of their offense through Liz and getting her a touch, you know, every other possession, every three possessions, she demands so much respect on the block from the defense. And she does pass really well out of those traps that she can kick that out to the weak side for a great shot, you know, a lot of times. Um, so I, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Cause that like having the combo of Liz and Asia down low, and then look at the shooters they have, this has got to open up stuff for them. And it's frustrating that I, for me, it's frustrating that you don't see it more as an active part, like not live or die by the three, but if there's ever a team that could like add the three ball to their repertoire and it's just like the cherry on the Sunday, sure. that's got to be them because of who their star power is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, enough talk about offense. Let's move on to a team that is leading the league currently. I know it's only it's early, three to four games, two to four games into the season if you are. But the Minnesota Lynx are number one in the league, 3-0. and Is this a rebuild or for real? This defense is for real, Rachel. This defense is for real. A lot of people question that. They're playing amazing. We're seeing historic numbers from this defense. But my question for you, and I'm not going to ask you to, I think with the Lynx, it's a little bit too early to, to start diving into to the X's and O's and stuff like that. Something that I've noticed from the Lynx that's kind of been a, a frustrating frustrating thing that commonly happens to the Lynx is a good defensive showing and come around late third quarter, all of a sudden they just can't mm-hmm. score. And fourth quarter, it kind of continues. Now, what I want to ask you is, is with your coaching hat on, your player hat on, your, your dual personality hat on, is this something that it's as simple as, you know, every once in a while you're going to hit a cold streak and it just happens to be that this is happening to the Lynx at a bad time? And I mean, because if you look at a lot of the, ga- the, the games they've played so far this season, in the fourth quarter, the teams, they had like double digit 15, 20 point leads around and the teams were able to irk back in and make it a game come late. Is what's going on? What's your mindset? What what do you look at when you? It's hear probably that? too early to say that, you know that this is a trend. I mean, it obviously is something that's happened these first three games of the season. Um, you know, whether it's a whether it's an issue, you know, you kind of let up on the gas um, offensively. Maybe you know you go cold. Um, they've <laughs> you know each year your identity is different as a team. Um, even if you've got the same players, which we know the Lynx don't have the same players in any stretch, but um, even a team that has returners each year, you have a different type of identity. How, you know, we're a, we're a team that, you know, we're coming out at halftime and, and we lull, you know, some teams are like that. Some teams come out um, of the shoot and, and they come out really hot. Um, so this could be something that the Lynx, um, and it's interesting that you picked up on that, you know, in the fourth quarter offensively struggle to make make plays or, or hit shots. And, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe it's a rotational thing. Maybe it's a minutes thing. Maybe it's, um, 
Coach Reeve working on, like I said, maybe rotations. Who knows? I'm not sure at this point. Well, I have not been able to watch a ton of the links so far this year, just based on my schedule. But I know I, I, I know that I'm not surprised. I mean, goodness. I mean, there's some there's some serious talent on this team, and you've got some players like Odyssey Sims who's got an opportunity to kind of um, start fresh, if you will. And you've got, obviously, Sylvia Fowles is, is MVP-type caliber player we have talked about in, in history. Um, but I, I think the biggest aspect of the Lynx is n- not to necessarily be surprised. This is a very well-coached team. They always have been. This is a team that's got a breath of just fresh air amongst their entire roster. They're probably really excited. You, you've got a team that's really eager to learn. Um, anxious to you know understand the system what they're getting themselves into a fresh fresh start so they're playing well you know they're playing well together they're playing hard and honestly you brought it up the biggest part and why they're winning is defensively and if they can keep that up they're going to be in the conversation and and I think this is the Lynx team that's going to be in the top three in rebounding I think they're right up there with Connecticut right now so far in the season in terms of their ability to rebound and and they should be you know with who they've got on the team but from the offensive standpoint, you know, I, I, we're going to have to we're going to have to see is this a team that struggles in the fourth quarter to you know make shots? Is this a team that lets up, get, puts their foot, you know, lets their foot up off the gas? I'm not sure. Um like I said, I just think it comes down to each team, each, you know, every year has a different identity and kind of how they go about the course of their season and I'm sure coach Reeves is you know addressing that probably as we speak. Talk to me about this. I know it's it's your hometown team. Uh, Chicago Sky beat the defending champions in the Seattle Storm, in Chicago. And beyond the win, Coach Wade's first win, congrats. Um, and, I mean, the, the thing that's really been been pulling a lot of headlines is, is Samuelson not mm-hmm. playing. Um, wh- what's your reaction when you see that? They pull off the win. You got 25 from Quigley, 21 from DeShields, 10 from Vandersloot. Um, Dolson was six, but what are you feeling when when you see that? Uh, A quick, uh, a quick thought. I mean, it kind of goes back to my reaction of the draft. If you want me to just be completely blunt, I was surprised by the the selection. Um, It's nothing against Samuelson and her skill set whatsoever. It's just with Chicago and their roster and what they have. I didn't understand that pick from the beginning. Um, And so I'm like, where, where does she fit in this equation? you know, with, with diamond and Gabby and, and, you know, I, I just, I, I was having a very hard time wrapping that out, out of the draft. That was like, my jaw fell to the floor when I heard they were picking Samuelson. Um, and I know others do feel that way. And there's a lot of people who are supportive of it. Again, it's not about Katie Lou herself. It's just about the genetic makeup of this team and where does she fit? And I, I don't know where she fits from a minute standpoint. And I don't know how she's doing in practice and how she's adjusting to the WNBA and all those sort of things. Those are things that are going on behind closed doors and we don't necessarily know about, but I'm not surprised remotely that she's not playing because again, look who we're talking about. It's a veteran team and Allie Quigley, Vandersloot. So like, okay, no one's going to get benched there. Diamond to shields is one of the most athletic dynamic players in the league. You know, and then, and then you've got, you know, Lavender and you've got, you know, Parker and, and Dolson and Gabby. And, you know, it's like <laughs> someone's g- going to run out and is not going to get, you know, as many minutes. And um, I'm not surprised by it. But, <laughs> again, it's very early and it, it could just be an early um, chemistry thing. It could be a learning curve. It could be a lot of factors. 
Um, it's just probably going to take some time for Samuelson to kind of find where she fits in this rotation. Oh, totally. And I, I think you, you've, you've knocked it on the head again. We might have to title this episode. It's early. Calm down. <laughs> well, let's talk about a team that's been doing pretty good. Uh, defeated the New York Liberty twice so far into this very young season. The Indiana Fever. Uh, game one, they win on a last second play, which we've talked about. Uh, Tara McCowan gets gets the drop down low, knocks it in. They win 81-80. Then they go back for the second game after a loss, and they play the Liberty again. And this game they win 92-77. At certain points, it was just a shellacking um, 20-point leads. They everybody, everybody who played for the Fever scored. Um, and you got two players off the bench scoring double digits. You got Kelsey Mitchell going off for 23, Erica Wheeler for 10. Wheeler has her worst game of the season so far with 10 points. Um, Fever, obviously they're in year two of a complete rebuild. I mean, this team started from scratch. And for me, my biggest question for the Fever has constantly been, they need a true center. Who are they going to get? They get McCowan. They have a Chanwa. They got Laney. They have some size now. All right. What are you looking at this fever team? A lot of people predict them to be at the bottom of the pack again when it comes to the end of the season. I personally, I'm putting my money that they're that they're not the worst team at the end of this season. Um, talk to me about the Indiana Fever early on. It's interesting, you know, they're leading the league in scoring right now. Um, which, you know, is is impressive. You know, I, this is still we're I don't want to say rebuild. This is a, a team that's in the second year of a rebuild in, in my mind when I look at them because of all the new players that came in last year. And then, you you know, you lose Vivians who um, goes down. And so you kind of have to rebuild the lineup because she was really inserting herself as one of those go-to players. But they're, I mean, they're proving early that they can score it. They're averaging just over 83 a game, which does in fact lead the league at this time. Um, the next team would be the, you know, the Mystics, which we, we shouldn't be surprised by that. I just think the question mark is, you know, are, are they going to be able to maintain that scoring production um, is, is my question. Uh, but even bigger, are they going to be able to defend? You know, they're giving up about 82 a game, which, you know, I'm not sure where that ranks amongst the rest of the teams right now. But um, I think it comes down to defense. And are they able, especially in the second half, in that fourth quarter, we saw it last year where teams would really – um, they have a lead to really go off in that fourth quarter and kind of take it back from them. But right now they're showing that they can they can secure secure games, you know, across the board. So I mean, I'm I'm happy for the Fever. I'm excited for them. I'm I'm excited to watch them against another opponent. That's not a knock on the Liberty, you know. Um, but getting them up against you know more competition this week is going to be good to kind of really understand. You know, they'll they'll play Dallas next on Friday. Um, so that gives them, you know, close to a solid, close to almost a week to continue to improve and focus on things and, and get their rotation set and focus on some defensive aspects. But they'll face the wings and then they've got a serious test with the Mercury coming to town on Sunday. So this week's going to tell us a lot in terms of kind of can they maintain that offensive production against, you know, teams like a Dallas who we know is going to be able to defend and teams like Phoenix who, who can defend and score it. So um, I'm happy for them. I think this is a team that, you know, will be right on the cusp of playoff or not um, could be surprised, but they're definitely going to be better. There's no doubt about that. Let's talk about what I'm calling the merry-go-round. 
the Mercury, <laughs> the Aces, the Sparks, and the Sun. All these teams were projected to be, you know, top four, top six teams coming into the league, into the season. A lot of people after the Shanae trade, LA is going to win. A lot of people after the Liz trade, Vegas is going to win. A lot of people before the Tarasi injury, Mercury is going to win. And then the Sun have always kind of been there just because, you know, they didn't, uh, yeah, they lost Shanae, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The merry-go-round is because all these teams have proceeded to beat one, lose to the other. I'll beat you. I'll lose to you. And the, the whole merry-go-round. Rachel, how do we judge the power dynamic of these teams when they've all beat each other and lost to each other? Because for me, I look at LA and they go up against Vegas in that game. And great game, goes down to the wire, exciting, great. Saw a lot of issues with LA's system. You see LA go back home, beat Connecticut in one of the slop, not sloppiest necessarily, but just ugliest games I've seen in a while. I've been going on about this. It was essentially a game of people who wanted to lose. At least that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And LA gets the win. Congrats to Derek Fisher on his first win. But you still got to have a lot of questions. And I don't care if you're an LA Sparks fan. I didn't have anything answered after that win over Connecticut. I need to see more from them. And and they're going to be playing Connecticut again soon. But now I'm just rambling. Rachel, how do we judge these teams? I know. They, they seriously like turn around and, and they're playing Connecticut again on Thursday, which is going to tell us a lot too. But I, I, I was really impressed with LA. It was not a pretty game between Connecticut and LA. and But I was really impressed with the sisters, as everyone's calling it. I mean, they they, <laughs> they double-handedly um, willed LA you know, down the stretch and you saw the emotion and the um, firepower between those two, which we, we've we all become very accustomed to seeing in their own respective teams, but to see it out there together was was really fun. But I, I mean, I'm with you. I, there's still a ton of question marks with LA, especially, I mean, Jesus, let's talk about the elephant in the room of Candace Parker and, and her return. How does that impact things? Um, but there's no doubt. And, and throw Vidiva in there too. Right, 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 right. And I mean, so LA is very talented. Um, I, I've been impressed with just that was the one game I did catch. Um, you know, it, it, I still have a ton of question marks. I, I, there's really nothing else I can say. I, I'm impressed with just um, seeing the two sisters out there was fun to see. I'll, I'll be I'll be one of the first ones to admit it uh, on a podcast. I, I loved it. It was it was awesome. Um, but you know, Connecticut switching over to them. That's a team that you know, <laughs> you know, and you've said like they're always there. But I. I just love watching this Connecticut team because they are a very disciplined team in my, in my mind. And John Quell Jones is such an incredible player, you know, at six, six, what she's able to do on the floor. And, and she's not even like peaking, you know what I'm saying? Like she's getting, how has no one, sorry, I just keep thinking back. If anybody's ever seen the movie, the replacements with Keanu Reeves, <laughs> there's a player that they just dipped his hands in stick them. And he just caught everything. And that's all I can think of when I see JJ. They're literally, they're just throwing the ball within like a 20 foot radius of her. And she's just going like, go, go gadget arm and getting these balls. It's insane. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's, she's playing really well. And I I would even, she's not even close to peaking what what she can do, um, at least in terms of the season. And then like, I was talking about Courtney Williams yesterday. I love her. And just the competitors mm-hmm. she brings to this Sun team from a scoring standpoint, um, she, she's an automatic of a mid-range player. You talk about her and Candace Dupree and from a mid-range standpoint, but Courtney Williams, I mean, we all know at any point she's got the ability to go off for 30. Um, and JJ's 
you know, one of the leading scorers in the league right now, right, right, right under 17. So it's fun to watch those two play. Um, you know, and then, you know, you just continue. I was impressed with Strickland's. She shot the ball really well. I felt like yesterday. Um, but this is a, this is a Connecticut team that, you know, they, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna play hard. They're gonna defend. Um, they're gonna be able, they're gonna be able to score it. You know, we, we, we talked about them a ton last year of potentially even being a contender, but you know, they hit that massive lull that kind of hurt them through the course of the season with some drama and things like that. But um, I, I don't see them really skipping a beat at all with the loss of Shanae. That's not a knock to her. It's just kind of where this team is when they you free or John Quill to just have, have a better a season. Right, be right. And they just, they've all been together so long. So there, there's a great amount of chemistry there. You can just sense out on the court and with this, this staff, all those things, I think um, they're, they're, they're really going to be a problem this year, just from a consistency standpoint. I mean, you, you know, you look at a team like Connecticut versus a team like the aces and it's, you know, you've got chemistry and longevity, and then you've got the complete opposite end of the spectrum where it's like all these players trying to figure out how, how the hell do we make this work? Um, and so it's, it's cool to kind of compare those two, but Connecticut's going to be a problem. They really are in LA. Um, I'm not saying they're not, I'm just saying, you know, I, I just want to see more. I want to see how all this dynamic is going to work. You know, you've got a whole new, you, you've got a whole new staff. You've got, um, Candace Parker hasn't even returned yet. So it's, it's just kind of a waiting game to see how, how they're going to fare, you know? Yeah. LA is an interesting one. And I think a lot of us, as far as, you know, us at insider, we've been taking a step back to say, okay, we need a little bit more with everyone else. You know, we know what these coaches are going to do. We know these players are going to do. LA is just throwing a giant curveball with who their roster is, who their coach is, and we got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's, that's kind of a fun thing real quick. The season ends today. Vegas, Atlanta, Dallas, and New York are not making the playoffs. A little note about the Liberty. The Liberty, thanks to Ari Chambers for pointing this one out, are currently on a 15-game losing streak going back to last season. Wow. Yeah. All right. Now, speaking of losing, I got to throw some shade at Rachel real quick. Oh. Last week, <laughs> or I believe it was actually it was this past Saturday – Rachel, Pat, and I decided to do a pick 'em for the four game, uh, four game setup that was going on on Saturday. And well, not to brag, I got four for four. Rachel got one for four. Come on, man! I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I knew, I knew I should have gone with Chicago. That was my initial gut reaction in that game. Yeah, uh, that that would have been the sleeper. That would have. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, shout out to. Uh, Sky Shy Show. I always get it confused. Um, but shout out to them because as I was about to pick Seattle, I was like, you know what? Shout out to my Sky fans. I'm a I'm a I'm a pick I'm gonna pick the Sky and uh, and it it, it came uh, it came worthy. So maybe I'll have to do a little bit more of that. Rachel, sorry to throw you under the bus there. I, I had to do it. <laughs> You're fine. You know, I was sitting in traffic and I just texted you real quick. So like, I what? Well, then let's do it again. <laughs> we got upcoming games: Liberty versus LA, the Lynx and the Storm, Sky and the Mystics, Sparks and the Sun, Wings and Fever. Uh, you down to to go down by these games one by one and just pick a let's winner? No discussion. Just pick a winner. All right, cool. Liberty or Vega or that LA Sparks at the Liberty. Uh, you know I. I really think the Sparks will win it. I will. I mean, I do. I, I really, I do. I'm going to, I'm going Sparks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, Lynx versus the Storm. Which is on Tuesday. We'll tell you the dates on these two. That'll be 
yeah. Games coming up. Um, Links at Storm. That's going to be a true test. It's going to be a fun one. That's the one I'm really looking forward to tomorrow, um, today, when this is being released. I'm going to go Links. I think Links are going to go out to Seattle and beat them. Yeah, uh, I, I I hate to say it. It comes to a toss-up. I'm going to flip a coin. It came up heads. We're going links, links. Um, Sky taking on the Mystics on Wednesday at the new stadium in D.C. The home court advantage is real there. Who you got in this game? I think Deladon's going to have about 35. I'm going Mystics. And... And here's the thing. I hate that I'm agreeing with you so far in the first three picks, but I'm going to agree because what I saw the other day when the Mystics took on uh, the Atlanta Dream was Deladon's still not at 100%. It's clear. It's obvious. She's got the brace on. She's not moving, you know, as smoothly. She went – I was interviewing uh, Coach Nikki after the game, and and she even talked about it. She went like 30 minutes into the game before she missed a Mm -hmm. shot. She was just lights out. And and her miss was a three-ball – which, you know, yet again, if, if Deladon's knees are hurting, three balls gone. I'm going Mystics also. Then we got LA out on the east on the on the East Coast taking on the Connecticut Sun. Who you got in that game, Rachel? It's gonna be just an absolute dog fight, as it usually is. I, mean, I think the Sun are gonna 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 give them a little bit of redemption. I agree with you, but I refuse to to go four for four agreeing with you, so I'm going sparks on this one. That, that and that is and that has more to do with my hatred. No, <laughs> my hatred of you. Um, wings versus fever. Honestly, I, I'm excited for this one because the wings defense has definitely shifted to being a real defense. And, and hold on, we we missed a couple. Oh, on we Thursday. did. We did bring them back. Bring it back. Talk Thursday. We, we've got we've got three games, so we've got two more: the Phoenix Mercury versus Minnesota Lynx. Ooh, ooh, I got Mercury. I got Mercury too. And the other, the final game that night, this will be a good one. Aces in Atlanta taking on the Dream. Will the Dream respond to kind of their slow start? I think Aces will win. You know, I got to say, with, ooh, it's a tough one. With that amount of time off, I, I really, I, I, you know, I really want to go Dream, but I think the Aces are going to pull off a victory. Um, but that honestly, that might be one of the tougher ones out of, out of this, uh, this pick them because Atlanta is going, uh, you know, talking to Nikki after the game, Atlanta is going back to the basics, going back to square one and playing those basics so well is what made Atlanta a team to be messed, not to be messed with last year. Um, all right, now I'm going to talk myself into a dream. Take it dream. Take it. All right. Now we can move on to wings fever. As I was saying, you got the Wings who have gotten this defense in a much better position. Um, and if, if you talk about Liz Cambage, now that she's left, you're talking about a completely different team in the sense of all these young players getting more touches. So we're really going to see a lot more from these young players. Um, who you got in this game? Because I got Wings. I think Dallas is, they're kind of, you know, everyone expects them to like, oh, they're not going to do much. There, there's good things coming from Dallas. I don't doubt that. Um, there's, there's power on this team. It's a talented team. I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of wins down the road. This is going to be one of them. I got Dallas over, over the fever. Awesome. Well, that's all we got for today, folks. We believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. 
please consider joining our Patreon community to help support the hard work that we do covering the W.